How's it going? This is Ty, and this is also the Fiction and Copy Decoded podcast, and I'd like to welcome you, which of course, I always do. Here we talk about fiction, copywriting, persuasion, marketing, and several other issues. Ever since I discovered that fiction writing and copywriting do borrow from each other in quite a few different ways. So without any further ado than we've already had, let's get to it. All right, it's episode 143. The post this episode is connected to I originally titled my uh, interesting week and Fab Fiction Friday. And in case you're wondering, yes, I did actually put uh in the title. Uh, originally posted it was July 25th, 2014. Uh, so I was still working on the edit. I discovered a another potentially unauthorized charge on my bank statement at that point, uh, which I'll probably would get into in further posts. I can't remember. But anyway, I would just have to get a new card at that point. My cousin was moving and he was, I helped him move some of his stuff while he moved into a new house while selling the previous house. It's kind of got the juices flowing because I had to help move some of the previous owner's things as well. So the prompt that I had come up with for this week, for all you fiction writers out there, went like this. After the family move, you discover something's missing. And not only that, it was of great importance to you, not only because of its value, but because it reveals something about you no one, not even your mother, spouse, or children knows about you. What is it? It was a bit of a takeoff from the old granny letter that I had done before, but a bit of a different twist on that. And I enjoyed the fact that we had a story problem, like intrigue and possibilities too. We got, you know, we could do blackmail, we could do aliens, robots, blackmailing robots. You could go two ways with blackmailing robots. And I mean, there's even room for regular people doing regular things. That's how I would normally phrase things like mainstream fiction. Regular people doing regular things. Or like adventure fiction even. I mean, regular people, that's more like regular people doing extraordinary things. And for some reason, I had also had figured that I didn't actually do an example for this. So <laughs> I'm going to have to kind of try to do one. It's like, what could we do, right? So... After the family move, and I've lost things during moves, I'm sure you probably have as well, things that had sentimental value to me, one of which was a, I don't know how I lost this, I'd lost it years ago, it was an encyclopedia type book full of different card games with illustrations and so on about how to do a lot of different card games and a lot of other types of things that was interesting to me and I had lost the book. It just kind of sucked. I mean, that was a thing for me because it had value, not because it was a rare book, but because of more of a sentimental thing for me. And I had gotten a U.S. playing card company rule book as well as a couple of one or so Hoyle books, but it wasn't really the same because it didn't have, the illustrations weren't in color and they didn't have a lot of discussion in there. Um, so I do remember the name of the book, but I didn't. It was called uh, The Way to Play, Encyclopedia to Games of the World or something of that nature. It was close to that. It was a reddish book with a yellow dust jacket, as I recall. It's been years and years. But anyway, 
and I never looked it up, but I kind of found a replacement. So, I mean, even with that book, we could do something really interesting. So it's like, okay, what about the book? Is it just a book? Is it, uh, does it have a secret compartment in the book maybe? Is that what reveals about you that you're really a powerful mage or necromancer who kept their secrets in a book in a place where nobody would ever look because it's an unassuming type book, you know? And if somebody were to discover that they there there was a part in the lining that had been sewn up with tiny stitches to uh, have a ritual inside it that did something or other that you were hoping nobody would ever find. And it just so happens that somebody you had heard that there was a powerful tailor, a seamstress who had arisen on the other side as your rival. And you realize if they find the book, they'll be the one who are going to be detail oriented enough to discover where the ritual that there's a ritual instructions in there because of the way you specifically hit it because you didn't think that anybody would ever <clears throat> arise who had the power to kind of ferret that out. Or, and I mean, we could do this with hundreds and hundreds of other objects. I mean, uh, a fork that opens a, that's a stop sign to a parallel dimension. Or, you know, we can go wild and crazy, or it can just go, oh, uh, you lost a bunch of letters from a favorite uh, grandparent or a sibling that they wrote to you when they were overseas. We could talk about that, in which those letters, it was revealed that they had a secret relationship that they never told anybody about but you, and you were sworn to secrecy in those letters. And you realize that depending on who finds them, it may not matter, but you live in possible fear of somebody who is actually from your family would eventually discover the letters and discover this deep, dark secret that you and your you now have that your relatives swore you to secrecy about because they were ashamed or something had happened where they have a family in another universe or world away or some other type of setup where it's really nerve-wracking because you were told to keep it and you want to keep it, but now that the letters are gone, you don't know if you can anymore because the letters are gone. And you don't know where they've gone, you don't know where to look for them, and it's nerve-wracking because you don't want things to come out that might ruin, ruin you or ruin your family because if they were to be discovered. Or we could do something like uh, good D&D-esque, you know, an absent-minded wizard, like losing, not necessarily their spell book. That would be catastrophic. What if they lost something like they're panicked because they realized their spell book was in code, that they coded it that way, and they lost the key, so they didn't lose the book. But they, some idiot servant decided to, like, lose the key or burn the key, burnt the key by accident or something else. And it was like, okay, why did that idiot do that? You'll turn him into a toad. But after they, you actually find the pages, right? Now, if you could only remember what to set up to make it so that you would be able to find that because you think you put a locator on it, but you're not sure because as a wizard, you are absent-minded. 
in this particular case, you might be, or you might not be. I mean, it might be a bit of a trope to have an absent-minded wizard, but I mean, with D&D lore, with wizards basically having to prepare everything every day in-game, except like cantrips, as I recall. I've never, haven't played a wizard yet, so... I might end up doing that at one point if we have another one-shot or two-shot or somebody wants to run a campaign on a whim, I might make a wizard because uh, I've never played. There's a bunch of class and race combinations I haven't played yet, and wizard just happens to be one of those many. So I would consider doing that, of course. And this can be done with a lot of different objects. I tried to make it so that these prompts are open-ended to the point where it inspires creativity, so it's not it's not so broad that you can't get a lock on something that you might want to do if you get inspired, but it's not so narrow that it's like, okay, we're writing about uh, princesses and frogs on Tuesday, and it has to be, the story has to occur in a six-hour window, and I mean, that might be an interesting thing to do a couple of times for a lark and so on, because I haven't really done anything that specific because I didn't think that such narrow parameters would inspire creativity. Maybe they would, and I'm totally wrong, you know. So I had fun with it. I realized I had fun creating this prompt, but I also realized that I'd forgotten to give an example in the original post, which is why I decided to do it here. So this is a little extra, so I'm not just rereading the blog content like into the microphone. That would be flippin' boring. Of course, I'd have to read... I read the prompt exactly as it was put because that's part of... The particular thing that I do every week. So I read that directly as posted because that's the way that is. But other than that, I mean, as far as prompts and fiction and so on, the rest of it, the actual execution would be up to you, which I think is part of what's really cool, really fun about the whole thing. So, you know, have a great rest of your week and enjoy. That'll be the end of this episode. I appreciate you guys hanging out. To learn more about the blog this podcast is connected to, you can visit it at fictionandcopydecoded.wordpress.com. You can learn about me there. You can also learn about me at my copywriting samples website, which is tymallcopywriting.yolasite.com. Yolasite is one word. It's Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E.com. Oh, you can support this podcast by liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing to get the word out. You can also become a monthly contributor if you'd like. For 99 cents a month, you'll get my thanks at the end of each and every episode. Well, not individually, but collectively. Uh, for $4.99 a month, I'll give you part of the show notes for that week, for that episode, and the month that you're featured. Terms apply, of course. And for $9.99 a month, I'll do a 30-second to one-minute ad for you to promote your business during the show. Again, terms apply. All right. I appreciate it once again that you took time to listen to me today, this week, this time. And we will catch you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day.